Dave, let's just jump into it. She needs no introduction. Uh, if you've been listening, you know that I've been hashtag Team Kylie uh, all season long, but she is the the winner of season six of All Stars. Kylie Sonique Love is here. I'm here. Kylie, how are you? Where are you? I am good, and I just got back into Vegas last night. I've been on the road traveling and uh, celebrating with everybody. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. So where were you when the finale aired? I was, oh, my God. Where was I? I think I was on a plane going to Austin, Texas um, when when it was happening. We we filmed our reaction on Wednesday. It aired late Wednesday night, who the winner was, like 12 in the morning, which was Thursday morning. Yeah, I I was somewhere. <laughs> and that's when you officially find out, right? Because everybody's filmed a, filmed a winning we reaction. We found out a couple of hours before the rest of the world. Uh, new couple of and, and it was crazy because you know we were filming in this location and it was like as soon as we were done they were like okay we have to get out of here so it was even like i just had to pack up and leave they take the crown the scepter we're gonna mail it to you you know i can't walk out of there like with that stuff on Whoa. everyone see it so um yeah so i i and i'd been telling myself before any of this. I said, win or lose, I'm going to be the same. I want to keep working hard. I don't want this to slow me down or distract me from my goals. And it's so crazy because it still hasn't really hit me yet. Everyone else around me is like happy and everything. And I'm happy, but I had been telling myself for so long, we're not going to focus on winning. We're going to focus on working hard no matter what happens. So um, but doing things like this and going in the airport and everyone stopping me and telling me congratulations and stuff like that, it's starting to feel more like, yes. oh, wow, I really did win. Because when I left, I was so proud of everything that I did on the show that I felt like no matter what happens, I feel like I you know, did what I came to do and I did feel like a winner. So in the middle of this whirlwind, what have you been like watching or listening to that has uh, kept you sane? Um, You know, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I will watch the episodes over and over and over again. It's probably my favorite show on TV. I haven't really been watching anything. I just kind of been doing, other than Drag Race, I just kind of been taking those moments where there's, when I can just have peace and quiet and just kind of enjoy that, sleep. I've been uh, on tour since the airing of who the cast is going to be. And so like when I get those moments where I have like a day or two where I can come back to Vegas and like just lay in my bed, I'll just stay in the bed for like 24 hours and do nothing. (laughs) No, and I will go on my phone and I'll block, I'll block people uh, that are leaving negative comments. Sure. (laughs) I do. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Hopefully, there's not that many people you need to block. No, I mean I'm sure there's a lot more love. Oh, there baby, than but they're coming back around asking to be unblocked, and I'm like, it costs fifteen hundred dollars to get unblocked, so make sure you keep it cute on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, who were your idols growing up? Oh God, um, my idols growing up. Uh, there's so many. I, I would say Madonna was one Paula Abdul, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson. Uh, Pink was a huge influence on me. Um, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. 
um, Missy Elliott, Little Kim, RuPaul being one of my all-time big inspirations. I'd never seen anybody quite like her do what she was doing and being celebrated. So that was definitely something that inspired me. Um, the Spice Girls, I love them. I miss I miss all five of them together. When Ginger left, my I kind of gave up on the Spice Girls. <laughs> I'm gonna lie. Mm. Just They've never same. been the same. It's true. Nope. You know, it was so moving to hear you talk about growing up and you said a couple times much I'm much better than I will say it but that you know when you were young your femininity was like this thing that was supposedly what was wrong with you you were sent to military school to 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 butch up and of course in the end that it is in many ways your superpower and so I don't want to make you repeat yourself but I am curious if since the show aired you've had conversations with family or people who knew you when you were young? Well, that's so funny you asked me that question because, you know, once I, I, I won RuPaul's Drag Race, right? So, and everyone knows about it and people in my family know about it. And so there's a lot of those family members that are probably one of the reasons why I've packed up and left because they just couldn't, they did not want to see me for who I was. They didn't want to celebrate me for who I was. And now they're like messaging me and saying, oh, this is your, your favorite uncle, you know, like, and I'm just like, oh, really? Because last time I checked, you know, <laughs> it wasn't like that, you know, mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, it's not the, it's not, it's not about that memory. It's about sometimes it just takes people a while to catch up and, and I'm, I'm open to uh, rebonding and everything like that. If if it takes the rest of the world seeing me before you do, you know, it it is what it is. Now, you know, I have other things going on in my life, so I don't have you know too much time to you know rekindle something that you've missed out on. So it's been a while since your first, you know, you you first appeared in season two, and this time you came back guns blazing. It was so fun to see how how surprised everybody was, you know, as you just slayed over and over again. And we can all see Rue falling in love with you before our very eyes. So what was different for you this time? Where did that, that new fire, that like sense of confidence come from? Well, you know, being early out on season two, I knew there was like so much more of me that didn't get to, I didn't get to share or show the drag world. But I think people that know me personally and um, have been around me, they're not surprised as to how well I did uh, this season. But it's just something about going back to Drag Race and being able to prove it there that really just kind of changes the minds of people. They, you know, if you're an early out on the season, people tend to forget about you and not really look for you in that sense. But like, if, if you go back, like I've been, I've, you know, I've been killing it with my looks and stuff like that throughout the years and, and, um, oh, yeah. and with my talent and things like that. But I knew that if I got another opportunity to come back to drag race, not only will I be able to, you know, show what I've known that I've had in me this whole time, but I could also challenge myself to grow even more 
So I would, I would have my own challenges that I would have within the challenges that they would give me. Um, I never wanted to play it safe and do the thing that people were expecting out of me. Um, I never wanted to do that at all. I, I wanted to surprise people as well. Yeah. And you did, you know, you also had these really beautiful conversations about how learning to love yourself and how transitioning played a major role in that, but it's also more than that and that it's really an inside job. But um, does that kind of insight come from therapy or a spiritual practice or where does that come from? I think it, uh, uh, there was a lot of times in my life that I had to, I had a lot of time to spend alone. I had crazy relationships that left me in a place where I was like, I didn't want to take it to the internet. Um, I would write like paragraphs of like what I wanted to say. And then I was like, oh, I have to read it. And like, no, let me just save this and put it somewhere in a folder in my computer. Um, and just kind of like not everything, not all of our problems are meant for the world to share, like to be shared with the world. There's enough problems going on in the world. We all have our own crap that we go through. So I wanted to share basically my solutions. And because I think that what we need more in this world is like advice on how to heal instead of, because sometimes given too much information about why you're down and all the semantics of that, I just is not the right kind of energy to put into the world. I think we need remedies and solutions. And, and I think it, it is good to listen, but it's also great to try to help people that may be hurting. And that's really what I want to do. And I try to simplify what helped me and not to just go over being dramatic about it. You know, there's a lot of healing that a lot of people need in this world. And, and if there's anything that I went through that I know that instantly helped me that I can share with the world, I want to do that. Yeah. So how, how did you heal? Um, I think it's just learning how to pick yourself up you know, and not necessarily trying to find someone else to do it for you. I feel like a lot of things, if we just listen to ourselves, we can figure out where the happiness is. But also too, advice that I've gotten from people that uh, help me and good advice is only good if you take it, right? So, and there've been times too, when I've talked to people and I'm literally giving them advice that I'm like, and I'm hearing it for the first time coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, this is advice that I should be giving myself, like, and not even realizing, like, where is this coming from? Like, what, where am I coming up with this? You know, and, and just taking my, also my own advice as well. Talk me through uh, a Vegas day. What is a, what is a typical day in the life like for you? <laughs> well, I moved here about six months ago. I, I was uh, literally down to, it was still the middle of the pandemic. I had no money, couldn't afford to live in my apartment anymore in, in LA. So I was pretty much homeless, moneyless. Um, and I had a friend out in Vegas that was like, Hey, you can come and chill here. So yeah, I came out here and within the third day I was here, I got offered a job at the garden and everything wasn't open up here fully, but I was able to like wear a mask and do shows, but in, in LA, there was not that happening. I think once I did move, they started kind of opening up a little bit more. So, uh, but Vegas is, I really like it here. It's, it's hot. It's F out here, but 
for the most part. It's like it has small town vibes, which I'm used to growing up in Georgia, but it has big city fun. And I really and I love that. I love that I can I can everywhere is 15 minutes to get to. It's great to get in and out of the airport. And it's it's like perfect for me right now. And the fact that I came here and the, the first day I went out and got offered a job just really made me feel like, okay, I listened to the universe. I wasn't trying to force myself to stay in LA when I couldn't afford to at the time. And now that, you know, I'm making money and I'm working, I'm, I still want to stay here. I'm super close to LA if I need to work. The airport's so close. I can go anywhere in the world. And I'm not spending more money than I should on a place to live, you know? Yeah. And I can save it up and get my dog a house with a backyard because that's really what I want. Oh, good priorities. <laughs> and so you'll obviously be like performing uh, in Vegas and, uh, you know, presumably touring again soon. What else does life after All Stars hold in store? I mean, I wanted to ask specifically about acting because I think we were all you were so great as in the American Jessica Lang yeah, thing. Yeah, American Horror Story. Oh, yeah, and my boyfriend and I were like watching that going like, she should be on the actual American Horror Story. This is so legitimately good. Like, is that something you want to do more of or what else you want to do? I now? absolutely would love to do it. And I took every moment when I was on Drag Race. It's like, bitch, if you're going to go on here and act, don't act to just be on RuPaul's Drag Race. This is your audition for mainstream. Like, take it to the big screen, you know? And that's and that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to push myself beyond any expectations that anyone ever had of me or even myself and just let go and fall into the character and also tap into myself. I think it's... I, I, I think... Um, you know, acting is just reacting. And it's like, okay, Kylie, how would you react if you were this, this, this supreme witch? And, and this is your, this is your job, like come in here and just, you know, be the only one. And I just really love that. And I would love to do, I would love to be on American Horror Story. I think it would be so great to be a part of that. I think what Ryan Murphy does is amazing, not just with American Horror Story, but he has so many great projects that he has out there. But I also like to do, you know, even even bigger than that, even bigger than that. So, yeah, that's definitely something that I want to do more of. I got to play the part of Jan Brady in Dragon the Classics, which was a lot of fun. It was different because they asked me to play the part of a 12-year-old girl and to be the heart of the show. So I really had to like tone down my countryness and tone down my sexiness for this role. I was really hoping that I could have had a lot more fun and been more comedic with it, but they asked me to, you know, uh, to be the heart of the show and to really fall into the original Jan Brady. So I did that. Um, but I would love to do more stuff, especially playing like some country hit character, you know, Southern Belle. I'd love to just tap into that and do, do more of that because trust, I have grown up in the South and I know all the accents. I know all the silly shit that they say. So I, w I would love to do more of that. Did you grow up on the Brady Bunch? I did. I grew up on the reruns of the Brady uh -huh. Bunch. Uh -huh. um, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, of course, but, yes. You know, it's so crazy because too, when they were at, when they called and asked me to do it, 
Um, I play the Bra- the original Brady Bunch episodes when I go to bed at night because I have a really hard time going to sleep. It's been that way my entire life. And the Brady Bunch has like this kind of chill tone to it. There's not any crazy violence. There isn't any loud noises really. And it's, and I've seen those episodes so many times I could literally close my eyes and see them in my head and it helps take my mind off whatever I'm thinking about. And yeah, I'm able to go right to sleep. So it was so crazy when they called and asked me to do it. I was like, are what? I like literally watch Brady Bunch every single night. And they're like asking me to play Jan Brady with RuPaul. Like RuPaul asked for me to play that part. And I was like, it's so weird. Cause I'm like, am I asleep right now? Like, what is this? And I tell people, I never have dreams of the stuff that I'm doing. It, my reality is what people dream about. When I dream, I dream about crazy shit that doesn't make any sense at all. But my reality is what people dream about. And I think that really comes from just believing in yourself and knowing that anything is possible and uh, really just pushing yourself and, and living in your truth. You know, I really think that that's where that comes from. Guys, guys, confidence is so sexy. It can take you very far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate, as it were. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead. Be ready whenever an opportunity arises. You can schedule it. You can be spontaneous. Do you with Blue Chew. Process is very simple. You just sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you will receive your prescription within days. And the best part is that it's all done online. So no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, old snoopy old Gladys Kravitz asking you questions. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we have a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code HOMOPHILIA at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com, promo code HOMOPHILIA. Receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Hello, it's Matt. Let me tell you something about me. I am this unique creature who, on one hand, tends to watch my calories. I don't like to take in a ton of carbs, to be honest. And at the same time, I like to have a drink. I know. What? You've never heard of a gay man like me. But this is why I love Miller Lite. It's only 96 calories. It's only 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. That's not very many. It's been a light beer with great taste since 1975. That is before I was born. I'm so young. And that's what makes it an easy choice. So next time you're getting ready to enjoy some cold ones with your crew, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to MillerLite.com forward slash homophilia to find delivery options near you. That's right, delivery options. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. The point is, it is Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. 
let's talk about your dating life what's <laughs> going on in that department what's your current relationship status tell us everything um well when i moved out to vegas i i met somebody i'd been single for two years i wanted to just concentrate on my my music and just my work i i didn't want to get back into a relationship where i felt like it was taken away from who I am. I said, if I do this again, I want to be with somebody who we complement each other and we're able to be more of a power couple versus, you know, you're here, I'm here. And in order, then no, we need to be going up to, I don't believe in 50, 50. I believe in a hundred, a hundred. You give a hundred, I give a hundred. You know what I mean? I have been dating someone recently. Um, it's kind of complicated right now, um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens, uh, but I'm not going to let it uh, slow me down from what I'm doing. <laughs> you guys got me right together with that question. And what about in the past? I mean, I know you were single for two years, but before that, what were your like dating patterns like? Were you always kind of like dating the same guy? Were you usually the person who left or the person who who didn't or what was that like? Uh, well, uh, you know, it's so crazy. I, I think as a trans person, when, when men specifically seek out a trans person to date, there are a lot of broken men who, who run to trans women. Um, and they take advantage of trans women. And I experienced a lot of that in the beginning of my transition and dating as a trans female. But I think over time, I, I told myself, you know what? I don't need to be hidden from anyone. I need to be celebrated. So if I'm going to be with somebody, I want somebody who's not afraid to let me meet their family, who's not afraid to let me meet their friends, who doesn't live some double life. You know, I, I just know what I deserve. And how I want to be treated. And until I'm able to find that, I will keep myself single. Uh, I didn't want to date anybody who had drug issues. I didn't want to date anybody who had money issues or anything like that. Kind of, I just wanted to be with somebody who had their shit together. Nobody I have to take care of. You have your shit. I have my shit. You know, it, I, yeah. So, I mean, I, I've had a, a lot of failed relationships, but it was my fault because I kept going. I kept falling into this pattern, like where you see the potential in somebody and potential is just resentment waiting to happen. Just because we can see the greatness in somebody else. If they don't see that in themselves, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? There's nothing you can say or do that's going to change that. And I think really what it is, is, is someone has to know that their greatness and know what their, their power is. Um, you can't, you, you know, you can help encourage that, but you can't force that. And, um, and yeah, so that's where I'm at. So I might end up being single for the rest of my life. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Unless I find somebody who, you know, who can tap into that? I love a hundred, a hundred. I, I feel like that's such great advice mm -hmm. for people that it's not 50, 50, it's a hundred, a hundred. Yeah. I'm going to take that with me. And, Regardless of what happens with the current complicated situation, do you see yourself getting married, having kids? Do you think any of that is in the cards? Well, I think there are enough humans on this planet that I don't need to add to that, especially when we try and figure shit out. And I have 
a dog, Gizmo. He's over there sleeping under the table. But I had him fixed last summer, and somehow he was able to get my friend's dog knocked up. And so now we have puppies. So I'm going to keep the boys. After getting neutered? Yeah, apparently that that can still happen. Um, so he has he has a little girl and two boys, and any day now I can bring them here, and I'm gonna keep both boys and I'm naming them Batman and Robin. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> These so miracle puppies. They were miracle puppies, and it was so crazy because when I got him fixed, I didn't want to get him fixed immediately because I wanted him to be able to have babies at some point, and then. Uh, he got like some kind of thorn stuck in him and had to have surgery on him and they were like oh we neutered him too and i was like wait what um so anyway but we have puppies now he has babies i don't have to ever worry about like you know it's a miracle i call them miracle babies for sure please tell us about this maury povich episode where you found out the gizmo was indeed the father. How did how did you find out? Okay, so my friend was helping me move some stuff into where I'm living now. And um, his dog came with him over and his dog was in heat. He's like, Foxy is in heat. Um, I was like, oh, gizmo's fixed. He's gay. He's not going to be interested whatsoever. So we're moving stuff from the garage to inside. And then we come in and they're literally like, attached like linked up and gizmo's looking at me like what have i done um foxy's like oh my god hurry up <laughs> you know she wanted it she was trying to get gizmo <laughs> the entire time and i just thought it was silly um but and then like a few weeks later uh, brian my friend hit me up and he was like either foxy is fat or she's pregnant and i was like whoa gizmo can't have babies it's been almost a year since he's been fixed but apparently you know that doesn't matter and i should call the vet and ask for my money back telling you (laughs) i am shook that's right from that i'm shook i guess he had one left in the chamber these are (laughs) these are these are did not know it was possible miracle pups who gets the female? Um, Brian is going to keep the female who uh-huh. has the mother. And because the mother is, is so, they're so much alike. It's so crazy that the little personalities, like just eight weeks ago, they were like, they couldn't see, they couldn't do anything on their own. And now they have like these little personalities and the little girl acts just like the mom. Uh, she looks more like the mom and the two boys are a lot like Gizmo. And they, they sleep like Gizmo. Gizmo sleeps on his back like this because he gets hot and he's got hair everywhere. And the little boys sleep like that too. And the little girl, she uh, finds like little holes and like like dens and cuddles, uh, you know, like goes to sleep in there. And that's what the mama does because she's like short haired, kind of like a chihuahua-esque looking dog. So she likes to bury herself. And that's what the little girl does. It's it's so I cute. It. I absolutely love it. I'm telling homophilia so dog owner nation is losing <laughs> its mind right now. Just making double sure <laughs> that their dogs are fully fixed. Yeah, it's so crazy. Wow. That's shocking. Shocking. Yeah. It, but I, I actually was really happy. I was so happy to find out mm-hmm. that she was pregnant. It's a miracle. <laughs> yeah. So you are you've all that to say you've already got kids. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a gra- I'm a grandma now. Apparently, thanks, Gizmo. Wow, youngest grandma I've ever seen. Well, thanks. I'm from Georgia, so I've seen some really young grandmas. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm I'm yeah. from Southern Ohio, so I I'm right there with you. <laughs> Everybody I went to high school with is a grandma oh already. I was just going to say, smoking has never looked more glamorous oh. than it does right now. I've never wanted a cigarette more than watching oh, the smoke. I'm God. telling you. What oh, is your cigarette of choice? My cig- uh, I, you know what? It's so there crazy. It I was a, um, I was a pot smoker when I went into, and I didn't smoke cigarettes when I went into film all stars and they would not allow me to smoke mm-hmm. weed when I was there. When I was like, okay, fine. That's cool. The last week I was there, Ginger Minge and, uh, Raja and, um, Eureka, they all smoked and, you know, we were getting to the end. I was like, they, they would always have all these smoke breaks. And I was like, let j- just give me one of those. So I grabbed a cigarette. And next thing I know, I'm getting a pack of cigarettes from the PAs and I've been smoking ever since. And this is what ginger mm-hmm. men's got me <laughs> addicted to smoking camel crush. I just, you know, it's a, I, I've, I've always smoked my whole life. Um, whether it be cigarette, I went on and off smoking cigarettes and then I really enjoyed smoking weed and everything. So I just kind of picked it back up, but it's not something that I'm going to continue doing for a long time. So I feel like if I quit smoking cigarettes, I'll probably smoke pot again. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, look, we shouldn't be promoting it, but it's true. Uh, I've always said smoking, unfortunately, is very cool and I wish it weren't true, right. but it is. Um, what about smoking weed before performing? Does it, can you do it? Does it help or is it? No, I did. I never like to be, um, messed up or cloudy before I go on stage. It's not, I want to be able to be a hundred percent myself when I'm on stage and live in that reality instead of like a cloudy reality. Now I'm, I'm pretty sure I probably, when I worked at the parliament house in Florida, for three years, I'm sure I went on stage completely hammered drunk, which is alcohol is not something I love to do. But after working in a place for several years, night after night, week after week, you know, you kind of just give into that. Um, I didn't like I'm, I would have fun, but I didn't like that feeling um, afterwards of, of not really fully I, I feel like if you have to be messed up before you go on stage you probably don't belong on stage mm-hmm. you know what i mean it should be something that you that you're able to like 100 percent just be yourself without being cloudy you know who do you think you will stay closest to from the cast um i really feel i'm really close with scarlet i'm really close with raja and eureka um those are the people that I feel like I'm the extreme closest to. And we make sure that we communicate with each other on a regular basis. I've tried to, you know, have more of a relationship with Ginger. She's somebody who I admire and look up to. And I think she's a class act and there's a lot I can learn from her, but she's just so busy in her own life and she's married and she has kids and she's traveling all the time. I, I don't, I don't, uh, have any like negative, feeling uh toward her that she doesn't have time to have a relationship with us like that um but those are the closest people i am eureka raja and scarlet for me when you when the show aired and people start tweeting and and you know a lot of celebrities are our fans who's the most surprising person that you heard from um well it's it's 
there is this singer that I absolutely love and I, and I perform when I lip sync. She's one of the songs I've been doing for the past six years or so. Uh, her name is uh, Alice Smith and she covered the song Fool for You that CeeLo Green uh, wrote. And um, she finally, out of all these years of me doing her song, she finally acknowledged me for that. Um, uh, Iggy Azalea is somebody who I've known uh, for a little while. And um, she's, she's uh, like tweeted me and we've got to like uh, do something with her perfume that just came out uh, a couple months ago. But Miley Cyrus is, is um, not only is she my drag daughter, but she's been my friend since 2015. And um, it just feels really good, you know, having her reach out to me, even not watching the episode yet, but hearing that I won and just, she's just really good people. She's always felt like family to me, but whenever she asked me to be her mother, um, it just kind of solidified, you know, the feeling that I had about mine and her friendship. Wow. So what does that, what is, uh, what does this mother daughter relationship entail? Um, it's, it's, it's so crazy because it's exact, it, it feels more like a, a real friend versus like a, a business or like an entertainer thing. I mean, we do share like what we're, we're going to do, like looks and stuff we're going to do. But I think we're, we're able to even talk about like real stuff that's going on in our, in our personal lives that we have a lot in common with. And, and I just really like that. It's kind of like a, a break from the stage in a, in a lot of ways. And she sent me these gold diamond earrings. I don't know if you can see them, but they're like these little, oh, Wow! Um, but I, I wear them every day and I told her I was going to get second hole so I could wear them with other earrings too. But they say love. And uh, she sent them to me after we performed at, uh, in Vegas together, which was so fucking cool. We were on the the big screen on the side of the resorts world and all of Vegas saw us performing together and we went viral on the internet and um, yeah. And we haven't got a chance to see each other to celebrate since the win, but we talked about it, but she's gigging. I'm gigging right now. So we're uh, whenever we have a moment, we're going to get together and celebrate. Love it. I haven't really checked out to see who all like what all celebrities, um, but there's a lot of people from the cast of Pose. Laverne Cox has mentioned me, um, and it just feels really good to be acknowledged. Not only by it just feels really good to be acknowledged by like uh, trans excellence and the community that are you know have been the face for this community for a while, and now I get to be. Uh, a part of that as well. Um, I, I know when I came out in season two as being trans that people did see me in that way, but now I feel like I know myself well enough to be able to be a voice that's amplified to help people in the community and, and even people outside of the community. You don't have to be in the LGBT community to learn from a person like me. We can all learn from each other. Like me being transgender is, is not the most interesting thing about me. Just being a human and getting through life and, and not, uh, letting, you know, the small shit get you down, I think could help anybody, you know? Well said. Kylie Sonique Love, we are such big fans. Congratulations. Oh so, so well-deserved. And thank you for doing thank this. Thank you. I'm always here. I love TRL. Hey. Like I remember hey. being a kid and watching oh. that. That's great to hear. Uh, and let us know when you're performing in Los Angeles, because we'll be there. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm trying to, or I'm trying to put together a, a tour. I want, I'm wanting it to be a big thing. I want to put all my hard work into it. I want to have dancers. I want to have great lighting and I want to do a showcase of, of me as a, as a well-rounded entertainer, a one woman show with music and stories and dancing and, you know, peaks and valleys and Hell all that yeah. good stuff. And, and I would love to invite you guys oh, to be there. We're there. We're there. Absolutely. We'll be in the front row. Yes. Come on. Oh my God. <laughs> there you go. Oh my God. Uh, thank you so much, Kylie. Mm-hmm. I needed it. It's so good. You are so welcome. Homophilia is a World of Wonder production, produced and edited by Kate Moldenhauer. Special thanks to Randy Barbato, Fenton Bailey, Stephen Sims, Edward Bochniak, and the whole team at World of Wonder. We love you. And theme music by my Ben Wise. Yes, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HomophiliaPod. You can give us a five-star review uh, on Apple Podcasts. Mm. Thank you for listening. We love you. We love you.